NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. The race for District 2 trustee for the Napa Valley College Board may very well be the most contested race in this year's local election. Pitting a one-term incumbent against attorney Jeff Dodd, the race may very well reflect the future of the college. Will it continue its efforts, driven by President Ron Kraft, to be an integrated part of the business, governmental, and social life of the community? Or will it seek to go back to being a disconnected, cloistered institution, as it has slipped into several times in its history? Because of this, the results of this race may be important to all of us. Joining me to talk about the race and his candidacy is Jeff Dodd. Jeff, thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jeff. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, why did you want to do this? This You've got a busy law practice, a busy life, and uh, you've jumped in with both feet into this race. Why'd you want to do it? Yeah, well, you know, this race hits very close to home for me. Uh, not only is Napa Valley College in the hometown where I was born and raised, um, but I was a former student at Napa Valley College, so it, it helped me out tremendously uh, building my academic foundation, my writing as attorneys. We do a lot of writing um, and uh, really associate a lot of my success academically, allowing me to go on to transfer at a University of California, Santa Barbara, and then go on and succeed, uh, and graduate at the top of my class at uh, Pacific New George School of Law. I really attribute all of that uh, to my time at Napa Valley College and really want to give back what Napa Valley College gave to me. And what have you learned, and you've been at some board meetings and you've done some due diligence on this, what have you learned in terms of, of really the college and how it's seen in the community at this point? You know, I think that's um, it's a good question. Uh, all positive. I want to say there is positive. Uh, there really is. When I go on knocking on doors now and speaking with voters and every person that I talk to has positive comments to say about Napa Valley College, I think um, there certainly is some criticisms that you will find here and there, uh, whether or not it's a, a remark about how the college could be maybe easier to sign up for, um, for a, a particular person, um, or uh, secondary, maybe something a little more concerning related to historical issues, uh, in particular with the bond uh, um, that uh, didn't pass a few years ago. And uh, yeah, so there is, you know, it, it kind of varies, but I, I would say that those are really the two negatives that I hear, but it's quite infrequent. Mm -hmm. What were your thoughts about the college's decision to not go forward with another bond attempt this time around? You know, I think it was a smart decision. I, I, I do. I, uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it that the college uh, significantly needs money to upgrade and maintain its facilities. I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, we really need to support students and we're not supporting students if we're not providing uh, facilities where um, they can succeed and be uh, up to date with the newest technology, with better working spaces, more collaborative working spaces, um, uh, more technologically advanced working spaces. Um, but in, in light of that, I, I, I do agree with the administration's findings that the community it just wasn't quite the right time for them, for our community. Um, and in light of that, and in light of a previous experience, is what I just spoke to earlier in the, uh, a previous uh, bond experience, 
I think it's better to maybe circle the wagons again and, and, and keep on um, promoting a positive message for Napa Valley College and why a bond is necessary and how that money would be spent wisely. And to that, some of the things that have been talked about in lieu of the bond right now is really the college becoming a more aggressive part of the business community. There, there's talk about housing. There's talk about to deal with the wine train for, for some facilities. Talk a little bit about how you see the college and the community integrating. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's a real platform of my my campaign. First and foremost, we're talking about students, right? That's be the for any sort of uh, school board uh, a member or a college trustee, we need to be focused on students and student success. But really, as a uh, something that we can build off of is not only uh, initiatives that support students, but provide a, a secondary benefit, a double benefit for um, for the community as well. And so I think programs like we've talked about, uh, you just mentioned the wine train here, is really a perfect benefit where we can not only support students, but we can support uh, local businesses as well. Um, but why the wine train, I think it brings a, an even a greater dynamic in supporting student success is, as we just alluded to, the college needs uh, it needs money for, for, for new facilities and, and maintenance upgrades and, and, and new programs and, and newer facilities so, so students can succeed in, a, in this 21st century uh, economy. Talk a little bit about what you see, and there's always controversy about this, and a lot of people have been confused about it over the years. What is the role of a member of the Board of Trustees of the college? The, the role of a trustee, is, as I just mentioned, is, is making sure that the college is putting students first. And in light of that, it's also maintaining its responsibilities to the community uh, in educating students and making students the most productive um, of what's going on in the, in the community at large. How important is it to be really integrated into the community and understand what the needs are in the business community? Uh, absolutely, absolutely critical. I think a, a community college has to be very in touch with what's going on in, in today's economy so it can be really responsive to, to what its students need to succeed in that economy. So it needs to be very in touch with local businesses, what are um, future initiatives, where is the market going, where is the economy going. So, I mean, for instance, we really need to be embracing, we, we can't be scared off by, uh, you know, wine, the, the wine industry and what, we need to completely embrace it because that's what um, our, our economy is demanding. The wine industry and the culinary program up valley exactly. and yeah. uh, hospitality programs. 100%. I mean, these are things that, whether people like them or not, this is the lifeblood of the economy here. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's not just, I think, a narrow in a sense of there's many different dynamics of jobs that come out of wine that could be um, attributed and, and be helpful in other sorts of industries. Um, but it is a kind of a larger overarching uh, idea that, yes, we need to be focused on, on wine. We need to be focused on uh, vineyard technology and these types of programs. I mean, community colleges weren't created by accident. They were created as a, a mode of necessity to support the, the local uh, communities and, and to develop the workforce around those local industries. Talk a little bit about housing. There's been a lot of talk about uh, building student housing or perhaps student and faculty housing here on the campus. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about that? I am very, very supportive of exploring the idea and aggressively exploring the idea of student housing. Um, you know, we have 
a recent survey was done that found a third of uh, community college students did not feel that they had a secure place to live. And the same amount of students actually skipped a meal uh, within the last within the last seven days. Um, so why is that significant when we're talking about student success? Well, a student cannot succeed if they are worried about where they're going to sleep tonight, uh, where uh, what they're going to eat. It's just impossible to succeed under those types of circumstances. Um, I will totally concede that uh, community colleges is somewhat, or housing for community colleges is is somewhat unique. Um, and it's only done by a handful of colleges out of the uh, 104 or so within the state. Um, but I think Napa is very uniquely situated to, to, take, to take it on. I mean, we all know um, here locally as well as everywhere in the Bay Area that we're in a significant uh, housing shortage. Um, we have 30% of students commuting in from Solano County. Um, and also, I, you know, people also want to come to Napa Valley College. They want to they learn here. They want to work here and be part of this, this local industry that we have here. Um, and lastly, we have, we have the land uh, to do it. Uh, Napa Valley College has it's built on 100 acres, just the Napa campus itself. Um, and there is plenty of uh, areas where we can build. Of course, you need to stay out of some certain areas that are near the river or due, to, due to flooding issues. But there are plenty um, of areas that we could really explore this concept of student housing. We could also, I, I, I would also like to explore the idea of faculty housing as well. Um, I'm not saying that it's it's gonna that we're gonna do it tomorrow, but we need to aggressively explore the idea, fe- understand feasibility of it, what it's gonna look like, how it's gonna be managed, and of course how it's gonna be paid for. And do you imagine this as some kind of a public-private partnership or something the college would take on on its own? How do you, how do you see it perhaps evolving? Well, I, yeah, no, I think a, a public-private partnership makes the most sense. I, I don't think it's good for uh, any sort of government entity to be a developer. That's not what they're in business to do. Uh, the college is in business to uh, educate students. That should be its focus and should stay its focus. Um, and so in light of that, we should absolutely partner with someone who has the experience doing student housing, who could build it the way um, and based on students' needs or faculty needs if that decides to be a, a, a potentially feasible um, so yeah, one hundred percent. It wouldn't shouldn't be done by the college, but it also in close partnership with the college. It's not somebody that you're just giving the keys to the uh, building and letting them have free reign, right? You need to. You need. To, we need to be. The, the, what the greatest thing I've been learning about uh, the college is there's various diverse constituencies here, from uh, administration to faculty to the students, and we need to work with all of them to understand the needs. And in addition to that, we also need to work with the community as well to understand the community's needs and how can we best uh, help. Uh, everybody involved. There's lots of players at the table. We've talked here, uh, I've done several programs about shared governance here at the college, and it's a, it's a complicated process. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the concept of shared governance, I think, is absolutely critical for a, a trustee to understand, uh, basically making sure that the faculty is a partner in every sort of decision uh, dealing with, uh, in particular, uh, a curriculum, but also various sorts of uh, college uh, uh, matters. Um, but yeah, as, as I did tell people on the on the campaign trail, uh, I'm not an educational expert, and so. But what I what I'm very good at is I'm a, a fierce advocate for for my clients as an attorney. But also, I rely on many experts along the way to to, to get there and to reach uh, positive results for my clients. So, just 
bringing analogizing that here is the faculty is a, it needs to be a 100% partner and, and should be a 100% partner because they are in the ex, they are the experts they're the educational experts and should have the say about what's going on in the classroom mm-hmm. and they're also with the students every single day as well talk a little bit about your history your background you mentioned your educational background um, earlier talk a little bit about your community involvement and certainly you've been in and around politics for a long time here in the community yeah no I have it's been uh, you know shoot I started out um, working getting involved my first campaign was my dad's campaign uh, Bill Dodd's campaign for supervisor uh, when I was 16 years old a junior in high school um, knocking on doors. Uh, My dad was on one side of the street and I was on the other, knocking on doors, talking with voters, um, asking for their votes and what they felt were important community issues. Um, I took that on. I was just, I really liked the idea of politics. I really liked the idea of government. I really liked the idea of being very much involved in the community. Um, so it really started off there. And then, you know, when I went to Napa Valley College, I actually worked for Mike Thompson as an intern in the Napa office. And so that just kind of kept that uh, that interest in government and public service going. Um, but really throughout that time, I've uh, you know worked in various roles in, in political campaigns and in grassroots organizing, uh, both as a, 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 a account executive at a couple of uh, uh, campaign um, and public affairs firms in San Francisco, and then also operating on my own as kind of a a political consultant of sorts, working here locally for uh, Mayor Jill Teckle and Supervisor Brad Wagon Connect, and then also again, uh, uh, Mike Thompson, uh, uh, you know, about eight years later, 10 years later after I served as his uh, intern. So it's been a really tremendous experience, but it goes on to, I mean, those are more professional experiences, mm-hmm. really getting involved in public service is, is, is about volunteering and um, various uh, community activities. And so currently, I'm on the um, board of directors for Connolly Ranch Education Center um, out in Browns Valley. Um, I'm also on the board of directors for Community Health Initiative um, here in Napa County. Um, previous to that, I was an alternate on the Agricultural uh, Protection uh, Advisory uh, Committee as an alternate. And then um, I also served as a City of Napa representative on the Napa County Parks and Regional Open Space District Advisory Committee. In all the years you've been uh, doing this, looking at this, how has politics in Napa changed, do you think? Hmm, that's a good question. Um it's certainly become more in my, in my mind and just paying paying attention I, I think it certainly has become more divisive uh, I don't know if that is a repercussion or it comes out of maybe our what national politics right. has certainly become out more divisive but yeah no I think it has been becoming more controversial it's becoming more nasty it's becoming less collaborative um, and I think uh, you know cities, and I think that you'll see that the county as well of uh, suffering as a result of that. I mean, Measure C was sort of the penultimate example of that. That was probably one of the bitterest campaigns we've had in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, neighbors. Hopefully, yeah. No, hopefully they're speaking to each other now. But yeah, no, I, I saw many, many friends and many arguments at at dinner parties and and, and whatnot of people that were uh, very good friends fighting over um fighting over the fighting over the issue and yeah you know i think when it comes down to it protecting trees and water is a very important thing but you know the it, just because it says what it is doesn't mean it it is what it is 
part of it is, and, and this is sort of where all of this leads, is that these are, I mean, city council races as well, and certainly college board races, these are essentially nonpartisan races. And yet people ask you about your politics. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. I, how you answer them, how you respond to that. The way I talk about it is, I, first, I acknowledge that it is indeed a, non, a nonpartisan race, and it should be nonpartisan. As I alluded to earlier, I mean, the focus here is on students, which shouldn't. it's, it's kind of a no-brainer issue, right? We're here to really support students, and when it comes down to it, all of our efforts should be focused in that direction. Um, but how I address it is is... I, I kind of I look at my past and I, I, I give examples of what I've done for um, various clients uh, and working through tough issues because when it comes down to it, these are tough issues and when you're trying to advance initiatives with many uh, diverse parties and constituencies involved, you need to be a consensus builder. And so that's what it is. You know, you'd say it maybe uh, you're crossing party lines. I mean, but for instance, I mean, there is no party here that we're talking right. about, but it's working with everybody. And more importantly, not just working with everybody, it's listening to everybody. And I think that's the most critical. And that's why, you know, I, I, I think that I have the various uh, a number of endorsements that I do, and both Republicans, Democrats, independents, uh, going from Congressman Mike Thompson to Mayor Jill Teckle to Superintendent superintendent of schools, Barbara Nemco, all five members of the Napa City Council, uh, all five members of the Napa County Board of Supervisors, and um, and five of the seven Napa, uh, Napa College uh, Board of Trustees members. Only uh, one, one person is, is staying out of it. Talk a little bit about what you've seen of the board so far, how you uh, see it operate. You've been to a few meetings, and, and really what you would like to contribute, change, adjust based on what you've seen so far and based on what you know your skills to be? I really feel that I'm a consensus builder. And I think what I have seen on the board is maybe not necessarily a lack of consensus, um, but a lack of momentum and in getting and working through challenging issues. And so uh, how do you deal with that to, to build that momentum when you need to have the energy to do that? And I think in, energy to, in order to have the energy to do that, it helps being new and being very passionate about something. Um, I think the person who I'm you know, running against uh, has, has a lot of energy and momentum, but it's just really in the wrong direction. Um, so when it comes down to, I think, focusing on students and putting that momentum behind students and really trying to push for new initiatives and, and not being scared to make a mistake. It's okay to make a mistake. I, I think there's, there's, we're working against some, some serious obstacles um, and blockages um, that an only way that we're going to break through those uh, is by taking, by taking some, some risks. And of course, the other part of it, to, to your point before, is that because there are so many constituencies, sometimes things move at a little slower pace. It's tough to keep momentum and energy and enthusiasm going and also deal with the process. That's a delicate balance. Yeah, it is. And so, but I think as an, as, as an attorney who, who works with uh, local government agencies quite often, I'm very familiar with that, the, the, um, you know, the process that, you know, it, it does take a while to get things. And, there, and there's good things about that, 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 that um, you know, taking those risks and, and whatnot, what I was alluding to earlier, uh, that they just don't happen overnight, right? It is, you got to remember that this is a process engaging different sorts of constituencies and understanding that it, that it does take a long process, not necessarily being a rush 
fresh um, understanding if somebody disagrees with you that it doesn't shut down the whole process. It's just let's just take a step back and find where we can reach common ground. Mm-hmm. What have you seen uh, going on here on campus that is of particular interest to you, that excites you, other than the how the possibility of housing and some of these other things we've talked about? Well, what we talked about earlier, I think, is engaging with the local business community. Um, I thought the wine train is a perfect example. You know, for we're really this community is is not willing to uh, tax itself to support the college, um, and we don't want to raise tuition. One hundred percent do not want to raise tuition. Uh, we need to find areas where we can continue to. Uh, you know, maintain and even upgrade the facilities that we have. So I think one of the wine train is a great example, right? Supporting our mm-hmm. culinary arts programs, uh, as well as our technological programs, um, engineering programs, sheet metal programs, which would all benefit, I think, from a, a partnership with a, a group like the wine train. Uh, I'm also, I, I think we really need to gear up and focus a lot more on um, partnering with local businesses for apprenticeships, mm-hmm. um, vocational training, um, there is some, there are some programs right now, um, but the fact is, is a lot of students are don't find it necessary to go on to transfer. I, I think community colleges should always be an opportunity to transfer on to a four-year school, but the fact is, is many students don't find it necessary to go on to transfer to a, a four-year university or college. So, what tools are we giving them to? Um, provide a good job uh, and also what to, how are we helping our local businesses to provide them with a, a skilled workforce so um, I think apprenticeships and those vocational training programs are a perfect a perfect example talk about how difficult it is running for office in this day and age when you have a full law practice and, and, and a whole life to juggle at the same time I know this has come up with a couple of people that I've talked to this election that it's really hard to to juggle everything. Yeah, no, it uh, it is incredibly difficult. And also uh, uh, the fact, too, we're expecting, uh, my wife is expecting, so we're we're four months. So that's another thing, another blessing to add to the list. Uh, But no, in terms of juggling everything, uh, it really helps to have a very good employer uh, that's that's very (laughs) patient. And it also understands how important it is to give back to the community. I think that 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 really uh, um, means a lot, and I wouldn't be able to do it out with the with the firm that I'm currently working for, Coblenz, um, which really, if you go through the list of many attorneys that they've had um, in the past, you know, 30 to 40 years, you see many folks, whether or not they're in, on the bench or getting into small elected office itself. Mm-hmm. And there's another a partner at the firm who's a, a city council member in Sausalito. Uh-huh. So it, it's really uh, it really helps to have a good employer. Mm-hmm. Do you see any potential conflicts between your land use work and any of the college stuff? No. Um, in, in terms of any sort of, um, you know, real land use projects and permitting, I, you know, I think obviously I, what would strike me is one issue is dealing with student housing. So, but no, it's, it's something I'm not representing a developer or anything like that in front of the college. Um, and it would be inappropriate for me to do so if I was elected. You've learned a lot about the college of late. What surprised you the most of what you've learned about the college and how it operates? And I think I, I, that's a, it's a good question. You know, I, and I think I knew this before, always in the back of my mind, but how many different dynamics of this community, of the Napa community that the college touches. I mean, I go and I can just really speak to it from in, in my family to uh, my 90-year-old grandmother who is uh, – you know, it takes at least two courses at the college every single semester. Um, to my little brother who participated, you know, in, in, in uh, 
summer programs here uh, for you know engineering and and math and, and whatnot um, to myself right who would look to not just have those those types of programs but was here and and use it that uh, used the college as an ability to to transfer on to a four-year college but then as I uh, spoke to earlier right it, it's not always just the college doesn't need to be a, an avenue for people uh, solely as an avenue for students to transfer on to a four-year college it provides workforce training and, and this is really what I've I found so special and just really gives me goosebumps is is talking with students who just take one class or two classes or they're in trying to get a certification um, and it absolutely changes that student's lives. I mean, that, that life, and it doesn't just change that that student's lives, but it it sets them on a, a completely different career trajectory, um, you know, where they otherwise would have been without the college, and it impacts their family all for the better. Um, and then once again, it you know helps out our, our local uh, employers who are looking for a skilled workforce. Jeff Dodd, I thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Oh, it was a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.